0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price and Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program. A show favorite, a personal favorite, Baya by, Ungar-Sargon. You know her from Newsweek. She's the deputy opinion editor there and uh, all over the place media-wise. I, I catch her uh, on uh, other programs all the time. I think most recently I saw her on uh, Fox just in the past week on Fox Business. Is that right? Did I take you there this week?
1: Yeah, yeah. P- Fox Business lets me come on and spout my populist beliefs. I don't know why, but they're very kind.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, well, you and I are a lot in common in that we
0: uh, we kind of hate both sides because neither of them are doing their job right, neither Republicans or Democrats. And so uh, I can find areas of, of uh, agreement with everyone, regardless of who they hate. <laughs> so, so You're kind of similar. I don't know if you think that about yourself, but you're kind of similar. So, uh, But I, I caught that. And before we get into that, you know, what I've been seeing you talk about lately and something I'm, I've become interested in, which is the case the of Don Lemon, um, I wanted to real quickly mention, of course, you're uh, at Newsweek, at Newsweek.com, one of my favorite publications. But in addition to that, you have a Stellar book on what's wrong with the media that should be must reading from every for everyone, regardless of their ideology, and uh, that it really has been hijacked by not ideologues as much as elitists. And uh, you make a really eloquent case uh, in your book. A little more about your book and how we can get it. Let's jump into Um. our
1: topic. That's so kind of you, thank you so much, Kevin. Uh, my book is called "Bad News: How Woke Media is Undermining Democracy, and the argument I make is that you know the problem with our media is not that it 's politically polarized or partisan, that the political partisanship is kind of a mirage that hides the real divide in America, which is a class divide and and that 's the real problem with our media today is that it really represents the elites because journalists themselves have become part of the elite and the customer base, at least that liberal media is caring to, is very much um, part of this sort of over-credentialed elite. And funnily enough, Kevin, um, the book opens with a Don Lemon panel um, in which he's sitting there basically asking, you know, um, if if support... the support that white women had for Donald Trump was a reflection of their connection to slavery and white supremacy. And um, it was the perfect sort of opening anecdote for my book because, as I note in the book, you know, Don Lemon, um, it makes millions and millions of dollars to sit there and sneer at, you know, people who vote for Donald Trump, who, who, who won, let's remember, you know, whites without a college degree by 67%. So to me, that, that's really the sort of, the scene that encapsulated so perfectly that this is not a political divide, it's a class divide in which a sort of over-credentialed elite, not everybody's a millionaire on the left, but people in the top 20%, um, you know, are represented by this extreme view on race and gender, and that's really what, what Lemon represented, of course, until, uh, until last week when he started to represent something else. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting conversation where all of a sudden, if you're in your early 50s, you're washed up if you're a female. And uh, linking, in, this is Don Lemon, not Kevin Price, uh, linking uh, one's ability to have children. So, what are men? Are we always washed up? Because we can never have children. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it was shocking to hear that. And he was really, oh, yeah, you're beyond your prime if you're, you know, in, in your 50s. Uh, probably in your late 40s, and I'm sitting there listening to that, and, uh, you know, what a, what a uh, odd, very odd way of looking at our very strange language. And if was trying to be clever or funny, he was neither. You know, and the reality is is that we as humans, as we progress to mature, uh, we, we mature in different ways in different aspects of our life. And so maybe reproductive is a measure, but it certainly isn't the only measure.
1: No, absolutely. It was a a staggering thing to say uh, in front of a woman who's in her 40s. The thing is, um, Kevin, you know, I I think Don Lemon must be very surprised at the backlash because he routinely disparages women. The, The thing that he forgot to say this time is white women, right? I mean, CNN is full of angers like Don Lemon who have really recently, since the Great Awakening, Made a career out of insulting white people and specifically white women, republican women right he forgot to qualify that the women he was disparaging were of the like the fair game class, which is you know white people, white women right anybody cisgendered women right women who are not trans women right He forgot to say who he was disparaging and 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 so he incorporated within his statement about. You know how women are past their prime if they're, you know, past their 30s. He, you know, in, ended up insulting women that you're not supposed to insult, which is, you know, leftist elites. You know, he included in that women of color, which Nikki Haley is, right? So he, he misread the room. Um, of course, he's not going to learn from this, you know, not to disparage white women or Republican women, right? Or cisgendered women. He's not going to learn, like, actually, you shouldn't be talking about any group of people like that, right? He's going to learn to be much more careful and make sure that he goes back to only disparaging, you know, white people and white women. I mean, I think that's sort of what's going to happen here. Um, but this was really, you know, they, they, they make a, a, a real habit of this, you know, in the leftist uh, media these days of just completely disparaging people based on their politics, Based on you know if they disagree, then you're a racist, you know whatever it is, what have you. White women are the one of the favorite, um, you know whipping boys now of the left. So I, I really feel like this this was sort of I, I'm sure he was surprised at the backlash because he's so used to saying this kind of thing. He just forgot to say white.
0: Yeah, he forgot his uh, politically sanctioned qualifier.
1: Exactly. Uh, exactly.
0: So, yeah. so, but it's something interesting about him is that he's not well liked by the left much. I mean, I, I, I think the problem with him is that when he goes stupid, you know, and doesn't use his qualifying language that, uh, that you're uh, articulating so well about, he so clearly exposes the elitist nature of journalism in a way, uh, in liberal journalism, in a way that he finds terrifying. our rather, other liberals find terrifying. It's like, this guy isn't helping us at all. And this isn't the first time he's found his foot in his mouth.
1: And it's so funny because, you know, there was a video, a clip circulating on Twitter um, of Don Lemon from, you know, the Obama era, you know, back in 2011, 2010, And he was giving this impassioned speech to the black community. And what he was saying was, you want to succeed in life? Here are some ideas. Pull up your pants. Don't have kids before you get married. You know, show up on time. All of this stuff that today it's considered, you know, white, that he himself calls people white supremacists for saying, right? Um, He himself was saying all this, like, completely obvious stuff because back then the woke movement hadn't hit yet. And so you were allowed to say, look, you know, why don't you show up, take responsibility for your life? That's how you get ahead. It was before that was considered, you know, structural racism to believe that, you know, anybody has any agency, you know, in what happens to their lives. So it was so amazing to see Don Lemon in a prior incarnation, right, What you know, what was considered just totally normal liberal views um, you know, and and to to see the impact that the Great Awakening has had, such that it's unimaginable that somebody would say that stuff on CNN. I mean, you can barely get away with saying that stuff on Fox these days, right? So I, I think that right. um, you know, he he's such a bellwether, right? And and this time he really just shot a little bit too far, right? Um, you know, forgetting like you said the politically sanctioned qualifier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so um, talk a little bit about, you know, CNN's response, the, the taking him to the proverbial woodshed, if you will, and finger-wagging and all this. You know, there's a part of me that thinks that CNN is on such life support and so largely ignored now that uh, this has been really good news for CNN <laughs> because simply people are talking about them in a way they normally don't do. You know, I wonder behind the scenes, you know how this is perceived, or how this is chosen, because of how desperate of a network they really are.
1: Yeah, you know it's um it, it's sort of terrible. We there has been reporting that he has been you know he has screamed at his co-host Caitlin Collins, um you know that he has really disparaged her. He disparaged her online. Um, there was a clip where he she did an interview and he started you know he he held, held off the commercial break in order to sort of mock the interview that she did and say that she hadn't pushed back hard enough on the guest he did that on live tv so you know you could really see that in the Nikki Haley clip how his hosts were terrified to push back against him because he you know had a habit of screaming at them and i think that was like the worst part about it to me was the sort of like hostage situation going on, and you saw that this morning. I mean, I was watching the show because he's back on the show, and it really did feel like a hostage situation. I mean, it was it was just dreadful to watch. And, that you know, um, Chris Lick, the new CEO of, of CNN, this new morning show with Don Lemon, um, Bobby Harlow and Kaylin Collins was his sort of big signature move. They pulled Don Lemon off the 9 p.m. hour, and it's just been such a total failure. I mean, the hosts have zero chemistry. It's clear that there's a lot of tension between them. It's so sad, and I I, I feel a little bit like you know people should not. There's a lot of people in like independent media and right wing media celebrating the demise of, of CNN, but we really should not be celebrating this. Like the you know the United States needs a thriving marketplace of ideas, and competition is good for that, and the idea that CNN, a network that was really august in its heyday, should just sort of, you know, fade into the night like this, it it should be, it's a sad thing, it's not something to celebrate.
0: Yeah, I think there's truth to that, um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think it is sad, and it is so awkward when I sit around to watching it, which I, I really avoid CNN in general, I, I, I hate to admit it, but I, but I do. I find this move to being a more moderate, real news network while keeping a bunch of personalities largely that were part of a left wing agenda is just disingenuous. I would rather have opinionated news like MSNBC, where at least I know everyone's an honest player. Versus CNN, where everyone is acting. And frankly, since the changes have happened, the networks' ratings have only gotten worse. What's to me, is unbelievable. How how is that even possible? That's why yeah, it's disingenuous.
1: Yeah. And I I I think that there's um you know you've got CN, you've got MSNBC where it's like everybody has the same point of view. You but then you have Fox News that will actually have a liberal on you know, uh, multiple shows have a regular spot for a liberal. The five has a spot for a liberal um, and um, Harris Faulkner will have a power panel where she'll have a debate. Um, Martha McCallum will have a debate. They will have liberals on to give that point of view. And on CNN, it's sort of like, why, why are they not, they claim, they want to reclaim the center, but where are the conservative voices? Where are the Republican voices? I mean, that's what Americans are hungry for, to see debate, to see common ground, to see people from different sides. And you're just not getting that at CNN. And until they sort of embrace that, I really feel that they're going to be struggling to reclaim that center as they claim they want to. I mean, that and the fact that the hosts are extremely, extremely liberal and the woke culture that's just diffuses everything these days.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a very long journey for them to normalcy and I think yeah, part of it is then bringing on a diversity of guests we love diversity right uh, but we don't talk yeah. about it in opinion that's where we that's where we really need it—is not in, in opinion and uh, I think that uh, I think you've uh, nailed that um, I'd love to get your final thoughts here as we get close to uh, wrapping up uh, what is your take on lemon you know outside of <laughs> conservative circles where they clearly have never liked them. But it seems like that disdain has grown more and more across media in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this thing of being a bellwether, um, um, you know, going from saying, you know, black people, what you need to do is pull up your pants, show up on time and not have kids, to writing a book about, you know, how America is such a deeply racist society where, you know, nobody who's black can get ahead. When, look at you, you're like one of the most powerful journalists in the country. Like, um, you know, I, I think that that's sort of just starting to ring false. And as people are getting sick of the wokeness, they're returning to having respect for the journalists who refuse to engage in it at all, who saw it for what it was in the beginning, as opposed to the ones who sort of jumped on the bandwagon um, you know, fanning the flames of stuff where, it, just like you said, Kevin, I re, you really nailed it, where it really feels like acting. Like, you cannot sit there and be a person who's worth $20 million and say it's impossible for black people to get ahead because of structural racism. I mean, that's acting exactly like you put it. And You know, I feel like that's, you know, on the one hand, I like that CNN didn't want to fire him immediately. I like that they didn't want to play into cancel culture and that they feel like people should be given a chance to repent. That's a good impulse. Um, On the other hand, it's like, you know, first of all, where was that impulse in 2020 at the height of the sort of the moral panic around race? But also, you know, at what point do you say, okay, what is the value this person is bringing? This show is not working. People aren't watching it. You know, the the ratings are abysmal. You know, where do we go from here? How do we turn this ship around?
0: Yeah. I, and I think, you know, I think bringing a diversity of guests in is part of that. But I I really do think they need to change their talent. You know, I will say I, I've been surprised uh, by Como uh, being over at uh, News Nation, which in some ways may be my favorite national news network, which It's kind of an indictment on how sad media has become, to be perfectly honest with you, Uh, because it seems to be the most serious in his effort to bring a diversity of view. But, you know, it seems like Kauro has either had a true awakening from leaving uh, CNN of how crazy that place has come, or he does deserve an Oscar nomination for how he's now talking about the news, because it's way more reasonable, way more balanced, giving plenty of airtime to people that he historically – uh wouldn't
1: give the time of day to. Yeah, I am also a huge fan of News Nation. I love Leland Bittert's show, On Balance. I, You know, he has me on regularly, and that's a great show, too. He really is extremely balanced. He'll give a hard time to people on the left, to people on the right. It's just a great show.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... Um very interesting. I'd love for you to give your final thoughts. Don Lemon, does he have a, does, you know, you, you mentioned the fact they haven't fired him immediately. I think uh, if he is fired immediately, that reflects poorly on their new CEO. And I think that may be one of the only things that's keeping him alive there.
1: I mean, I, like I said, I watched the show this morning, Kevin, and it was just very, very awkward. And I don't know if that's because it was like the, the first day back or, you know, I, but it was really, really difficult to watch and not to think about all of this drama. And I can't imagine that that's something your boss wants is, you know, for people to be talking about you instead of the news.
0: Yeah. You're right. Baya unger Sargon, one of my personal favorites and one of my show favorites. was great feedback whenever you're on, and now I have to go, uh, go and uh, wait for another 30 days because of your incredibly busy schedule <laughs> before I get my quality time with you. But I will look forward to it. Thank you so much, Baya.
1: Thank Keep you so work. much, Kevin. You're the best. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business.